worth. A co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Welcome to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio, keeping you connected to your faith and your world. Teresa tackles the issues of faith and culture, the pro-life message, and media awareness. And now, here's Teresa Tamio. And it's a Friday morning, July 30th. Can you believe it, brothers and sisters, already wrapping up the month of July? Hope it's been a good one for you as we move into another month of praise and worship and all things Christ. It is a Friday again, and looking forward to our conversations this morning. Very important ones, and I hope that you stay tuned. We have Doug Keck back with us on a Friday. Yay! I really enjoy our segments. Not only do I enjoy hearing what's coming up on EWTN so I can mark these on my calendar, the various programs and whatnot, but I just love uh, engaging with him in various topics of the day because he's always uh, very enlightening and just very feisty. You know, I have that kind of New York edge going on, and and, uh, I really enjoy chatting with him. It's always great fun and of great interest and importance for all of us. Fact Check Friday, a couple things I want to talk to you about this morning. There was a a new quote-unquote ethics policy, if you can call it that, that was put out by NPR that is blurring the lines even further in terms of the lack of objectivity on the part of news media. And this is your tax dollars at work, brothers and sisters, because NPR is supported, National Public Radio is supported by our tax dollars. Now they've come up with this new policy where they're saying it's fine for reporters to take part in protests. And they're claiming that they're going to be very careful with this. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they're going to ask for explanations and they're going to make sure, you know, that the reporters are not showing up with bias. Yeah, uh uh-huh. And I'm the new Queen of England. I mean, seriously? What in the recent history of the media in this country gives us any indication that they're going to be balanced? So it's just ridiculous. Now, I always try to give credit where credit is due, and if we have time... I will mention, and uh, yeah, uh, call the Vatican because this is a miracle, where you have some of the very leftist media actually criticizing the Biden administration for the mass and mask confusion that's coming out regarding COVID. So we'll talk about that at Fact Check Friday, depending on how much time we have, because I do want to kind of dive into this whole quote-unquote ethics thing or lack thereof. Uh, it's just It's just ridiculous. I mean... I can remember years ago, and this is going way back, when I was working in TV news in the Motor City here in uh, southeastern Michigan. And I can remember one of the anchors, local anchors at at the time was a CBS affiliate, went to speak at a fundraiser for the uh, Police Officers Association. Police Officers Association. And it was um, something that was considered a no-no because he, they were involved in some um, events that were going on, some protests and some particular pieces of legislation that were being passed regarding law enforcement, which his station was covering. And so um, he was taken to task for that because it might be biased when he turned around and covered the event on television. And that was actually uh, very good reasoning on the part of management. Okay, might have been a good thing that they were doing, raising money for law enforcement, but to go there and to endorse what they were doing when at the same time the station was covering this extensively, there has to be a separation there. Now, some people say, well, you know, you, you are um, on Catholic TV and, and, and Catholic radio, people at EWTN, and, and you go to the March for Life. You cover the March for Life or you attend the March for Life. Yes, but we are not claiming to be secular media. There's a big difference. We are very open with who we are, by whom we were founded, an amazing 
nun, a poor Claire, Mother Angelica, who felt a need to catechize. The Lord put it on her heart. And this is a Catholic network. We exist to educate and to edify, to catechize. And we make no bones about the fact that we are your pro-life radio network. So there is a difference between what we do and what the secular media do. We make very clear our mission statement on EWTN.com and AveMariaRadio.net. And so we're not going to be claiming that we're going to be giving pro-abortion people, you know, their chance to say why killing babies is, <laughs> is, is important or is right. Because we don't believe that. It goes against what we believe, and we want to be a different voice, a voice of truth regarding the life issues. And we are Catholic and we make no bones about that, okay? So there's a difference. And the secular media then should identify themselves as to what they believe. And if now they're going to have their reporters covering all these different events and then attending them at the same time, Houston, we have an even bigger problem. So anyway, um, I digress. We're going to talk about this at the bottom of the hour and a few other things in our Fact Check Friday. And then I'm really eager to speak with Dr. Michael Parker. He's back with us. He's the president of the Catholic Medical Association. I mean, it is just getting off the charts out there regarding this whole vaccine situation. Now, we're not saying pro or anti with the vaccine. What we are saying is what the church says in this, is that this should be up to the individual person. A person has to decide based on his or her conscience and all the information they're gathering, also medical concerns, medical questions. It is up to the individual. This is what we have said, repeating what the church has said all along. But now what do you have? You have the man in the White House who identifies as a quote-unquote deeply devout Catholic, along with the woman who heads up the House, the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, also calling herself a devout Catholic, just going over the top with these mandates and making it very, very difficult for people who have very good reasons as to why they may decide against the vaccine. I had a, I've been having an email conversation with uh, one of my listeners on Facebook, a private Facebook, uh, Facebook conversation. She's very concerned about this. She's trying to get an exemption. She works in a hospital system, and she's got some serious medical considerations. And she's also worried about this ethically, but she says, I, I don't think I can take it. My doctors are saying don't take it because it could cause a variety of things going on with her. I, I don't have time to go into it. It's you know really... Um, not neither here nor there, but she's saying she's very concerned about this, and and she's being pressured to take the vaccine. And so this is going against not just our own religious convictions in terms of our our, our morality and our conscience rights, but also religious freedom. It's a constitutional issue, as well as a personal issue. So we'll talk about this with the Catholic Medical Association, who's coming out and saying forcing people to take the vaccine is wrong. So we'll talk about that with Dr. Parker. That is coming up on your Friday morning edition of Catholic Connection. Also, today is a feast day of Father Solanus Casey. Passed away in 1957. Pope Francis declared him blessed in 2017. He's being remembered today with a beautiful mass at the Solanus Casey Center in Detroit, where he served before he passed away again in the late 50s a priest of the Catholic Church in the U.S. and a professed member of the Order of Friars Minor Capuchin and just known for his gentleness and his ability, really, to, to read souls, similar to um, the gifts of um, Padre Pio. 
And if you'd like some more information, you can go to the Solanus Casey Guild, SolanusCasey.org. If you're ever in the Motor City, you really want to make an effort and visit the Solanus Casey Center. It's just beautiful, very peaceful place, and they have a whole museum set up about his life, and you can go pray at his tomb. Anyhow, I thought before we got into the news, I would share some beautiful quotes from this amazing, blessed Father Solanus Casey. He says, Worry is a weakness from which very few of us are entirely free. We must be on guard against the most insidious enemy of our peace of soul. Instead, let us foster confidence in God and thank him ahead of time for whatever he chooses to send us. And I love this one too. Gratitude is the first sign of a thinking, rational creature. Have faith in God, shake off excessive worry again, and thank God ahead of time. And blessed be God in all his designs. Father Slanus Casey, pray for us. Eight minutes past the hour, as you can imagine, another busy news day, so let's get right to it and see what's happening in and around our world on this July 30th, 2021. You are listening to EWTN. Well, you've probably heard the news by now. Breaking yesterday out of Boston, former Cardinal Theodore McCarrick facing charges of sexually assaulting a teen boy in Massachusetts back in the 70s. Catholic News Agency has a full report at catholicnewsagency.com marking the first time the disgraced ex-cardinal has been criminally charged since accusations of long-standing sexual misconduct by him came to light three years ago. He's now 91 and is charged with three counts of indecent assault and battery on a person over the age of 14. This according to court documents filed in Massachusetts. McCarrick has not been arrested, the court documents show, but is set to appear in court August 26 for his arraignment to formally answer the charges, each of which carry a minimum or a maximum penalty of five years in prison. The charges first reported yesterday by the Boston Globe. Long a powerful and high-profile Catholic leader with an impressive international resume, McCarrick was dismissed from the clerical state by Pope Francis in 2019 after the Vatican conducted an expedited canonical investigation and found him guilty of a number of things, including solicitation of the sacrament of confession and sins against the Sixth Commandment with minors and with adults with the aggravating factor of the abuse of power. Yesterday afternoon, the House voting 2019-208 to to pass a major spending bill, but without customary prohibitions on federal funding of most elective abortions. That measure providing appropriations for a number of federal agencies and programs, but excluding the Hyde Amendment, federal policy since 1976, barring funding of most elective abortions in Medicaid. Christians and citizens in India concerned about the values enshrined in that country's constitutions coming together this week to observe National Justice Day. As Robin Gomes with Vatican News tells us, those gathering celebrated the ministry of Father Stan Swamy, a Jesuit priest who died in custody earlier this month. Indian Jesuit Father Stan Swamy, who championed the cause of indigenous and marginalized people of eastern India's Jharkhand state, died on July the 5th in a hospital in Mumbai, bail denied. The 84-year-old priest, affected by Parkinson's disease and a few other age-related health issues, was arrested on October the 8th last year from Bagaicha, his social action center on the outskirts of Raji, the capital. 
capital of Jharkhand on charges of alleged links with Maoist insurgents who were said to have been behind the violence in Bhima Koregao village in Maharashtra state in January 2018. Father Swami, who has denied all charges, became India's oldest prisoner charged with terrorism to die in custody. To pay our deep respects to Father Stan Swami and call forward his legacy, we, the concerned citizens of India, stand in solidarity to observe 28 July 2021 as a National Justice Day, said a press statement by Jesuit Father Stanislaus D'Souza, Provincial and President of the Jesuit Conference of South Asia, JCSA. Amid growing inequalities, violence, atrocities, discrimination and exclusion in our country, not to be a silent spectator is the message that Swami left for us, Father Stanislaus said in his statement. He said Father Swami inspired people to sing the values of the preamble to the constitution of our country, justice, liberty, equality and fraternity amidst the adversities as the caged bird can still sing and sing in chorus. Republican leaders expressing great concerns regarding not only the renewed mask mandate, but also concerns about House Speaker Nancy Pelosi going too far. She ordered Capitol Police to arrest any staff and visitors who refused to comply with her new mask mandates, which she imposed earlier in the week regardless of vaccination status. We stand out here in front of the Capitol, by the chambers of the House, but as you look across on the other steps is the Senate. Somewhere in the middle of that dome, the science changes. That's Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy saying it made no sense to reimpose a mandate in the House, but not in the Senate. Republican members of the House staging a massless protest, at least some of them on the Senate side of the Capitol, where the leadership does not enforce a mandate, though both chambers are under Democratic control and both claim to be following the science. Also on Thursday, Joe Biden announcing that he would be requiring all federal employees and employees of federal contractors to attest to having been vaccinated or wear a mask and submit to regular testing for the coronavirus. Texas Governor Greg Abbott, meanwhile, as Mark Mayfield tells us, is accusing the Biden administration of not understanding what's really going on at the Mexican border, especially related to COVID. He says there's a crisis with immigration facilities that are overcrowded with migrants. Abbott also says coronavirus is spreading along the border because of the failed policies of the White House. He issued an executive order on Wednesday ordering limits to the ground transportation of illegal immigrants that are detained by Customs and Border Protection. It means that only local, state and federal law enforcement vehicles can transport illegal immigrant suspects. Senate leaders agreeing on the need for a roughly $1 trillion infrastructure measure, but they're at odds over the Democratic follow-up plan. Republican leader Mitch McConnell, for example, says Democrats are trying to pass a budget reconciliation measure that, according to him, spends way too much money. We're all familiar with a staggering $3.5 trillion bottom line. It would only amp up the painful inflation. It's already hammering middle-class families. Democrats will have to pass a second bill through a process of budget reconciliation, a procedure requiring only a simple majority to pass. They would need all 50 of their Senate members on board, which is not a certainty. And finally, in our new segment, about 15 minutes past the hour on your Friday morning edition of Catholic Connection, it's a heat wave and it continues. Michael Kastner tells us the Pacific Northwest, in particular, preparing for more excessive heat. AccuWeather says temperatures are once again expected to spike in parts of the northwest this weekend. Afternoon highs in Portland and Spokane, Washington could get 10 to 15 degrees above normal. It won't get as hot as last month's killer heat wave. 
Some northwest cities could still see temperatures in the triple digits, peaking near record highs on Saturday. Hope you're doing well. You are listening to Catholic Connection, a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN on a Friday morning. Up next, the inside word, giving you a little bit of a scoop ahead of everybody else, let you know it's coming up on this fantastic network to keep you close to Jesus and his church. We'll be right back with Doug Keck. Stay tuned. This program is brought to you in part by Charity Mobile, a proud partner of Ave Maria Radio for over 15 years. Charity Mobile is the pro-life cell phone company and has sent nearly $2 million to thousands of pro-life charities. 4G LTE coverage is available nationwide, and 5% of your monthly plan price goes to your favorite pro-life charity. A video introduction is available at CharityMobile.com. Charity Mobile. Everyday living. Effortless giving. CharityMobile.com. We need EWTN Radio for the reason that Mother Angelica founded this entire enterprise. She always saw this as a spiritual growth network. It was to be an enterprise in media that reached people in all aspects of their life. She saw this as a, a holistic approach to reaching the whole person in the middle of the world and bringing them truth and life. Raymond Arroyo thinks Catholic Radio is important. So should you. Hi, everybody. This is Dr. Ray. My latest book, Jesus, the Master Psychologist, Listen to Him, talks about how Jesus was 2,000 years ahead of modern enlightened psychology. If he's God, he knows the absolute best way to live, whether psychology agrees or whether it doesn't. Go to AveMariaRadio.net to get your copy. Jesus will tell you the best way to live. When the need for senior care arises, home is where the heart is. Visiting Angels provides home care for mom or dad up to 24 hours per day, including personal care, meals, and light housework. You may select your professional caregiver with Visiting Angels. More information at visitingangels.com or at 877-374-LIVE. That's 877-374-LIVE. Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. 18 minutes past hours of Friday morning on the one, the only EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Great resources online. Check it out, EWTN.com. Doug Heck joins us on Fridays, President and Chief Operating Officer. Gosh, can you believe it's the end of July already? I cannot believe it. Good morning. No, absolutely not, of course. Uh, you know, it does seem like uh, the time is flying by and, uh, you know, moving rapidly, uh, you know, uh, through the summer, though but recently now with the mass mandate and the other discussions going on, it seems like we might be going backwards. Backwards so, into time, right? You know, so it's uh, back to the future here. So I wanted to mention a couple of things, uh, sure. some programs people can check out. Deo Gracias, uh, the life of Father uh, Solanus Casey is going to be on. Yeah. Uh, this afternoon at 5.30 p.m., always very popular uh, personality, so to mm -hmm. speak, and his feast day is the 30th. Um, Guadalupe Mysteries, uh, debuting tomorrow, July 31st at 2 p.m., so people can check that out. Uh, a lot of interesting things about the, the Tilma, etc. And also the movie on Ignatius of Loyola, Soldier, Sinner, Saint, is on tomorrow night as well. And next week, the Knights of Columbus are getting together, and they'll be... Um, a couple of masses and the Supreme Knights uh, report, and there's a new Supreme Knight, so people can check that out starting on August 3rd 
6.30 p.m. Eastern Time, and you can check that out, you know, through EW10.com for all of our programming mm. that's available. And also, don't forget, all our programs, um, you know, and at least the vast majority of them are available on demand on our EW10 On Demand website right after they air, you know, within a couple of days of airing on the network. So if you missed anything, check it out. Yeah, it's interesting. This week we had uh, Blessed Stanley Rother, and now we have uh, Solanus Casey. And Solanus Casey, of course, is near and dear to our hearts in the Archdiocese of Troy because that's where he you know, lived and ministered uh, up until his death in, in 1957. And there's a beautiful uh, Solanus Casey Center, Doug, that's getting a lot of attention as a pilgrimage site, which is great because his tomb is there. You can go pray at his tomb. And then there's a museum dedicated to his life and, and it's such a beautiful story because he was Absolutely. considered not as as smart as the other priests so they said okay we're going to make you the doorman and That's then what right. happens the god elevates right. him the porter he elevates him to to i mean hearing That's uh how he conf- always right. does it i know I mean, right right i mean that's yeah. the thing he takes the the crippled nun from Canton, Ohio, and right. she ends up starting the largest Catholic media network in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, she she takes the little shepherd children in Fatima. She takes uh, Bernadette. You know, always takes the smallest, the most humble, the least likely, so that when these things happen, people can't say, oh, well, he just was very brilliant and smart. I mean, look at... Uh, uh, John Vianney, he was another right. one that thought mm-hmm. was too stupid to uh, really do anything uh, of value for the priesthood, you know. And uh, so it just goes to show that the way the world gauges and judges things is not the way our Lord does. And there are so many stories here in the Archdiocese of Detroit of people who weren't even uh, Catholic, atheists, agnostics, uh, Jewish brothers and sisters, uh, people of all kinds of different uh, backgrounds going to see him because of his love and his wisdom and his mercy. And, and just an incredible uh, gift to us here in the Archdiocese. And thank God ahead of time was one of his uh, favorite sayings. And blessed be God in all his designs, which is a favorite saying of uh, my Archbishop Alan Vigneron. But that's why it's so neat to get to know these saints. Yeah, and I and know blessings. Father Benedict Rochelle was a, a big, big fan of Solanus Casey. So uh, uh, he used to talk very uh, highly of him and, and respectfully. And uh, he had no doubt, I think, that he thought Solanus Casey was a saint. So. And I'm excited about this program on the Tilma. Remember many years ago when a particular politician was down in uh, Mexico City and said to the bishop, who painted yes. that? Uh, yeah. yes, I uh, think God. Was, I think she ran for president maybe, yeah. and was mm-hmm. married to a former president, mm-hmm. as I recall. Yes, uh, yes. Well, that's what happens when you're so intelligent and amazingly uh, adept at uh, international issues but she don't know anything about uh, faith and and religion now obviously she's not catholic so maybe she's not as aware but you would think she'd get prepped before she goes i was just going to say that that. well okay fine she's not catholic but she's going down to this this huge this huge site this huge catholic church basilica whatever and she's talking to the bishop and she's seeing this you don't mean to tell me that her staff would inform her about what this means to the worldwide catholic community and what happened here whether she believes it that's that's up to her yep no but that just shows you the little bit of consideration they had going down there to see probably the, the lack Toma. of importance they put it yeah. or maybe she heard the story and said well that didn't really happen so who painted it you know maybe you know what i mean so yeah but the bishop's uh, response was great uh god <laughs> absolutely right yeah that's a very helpful response you know. oh all right you have to believe that he's involved with our lives on a regular basis yep. uh, to think that that might be possible yeah i wanted to uh just remind folks with all that's going on in the church right now and in the world uh there's been a lot of i know that catholics feel uh punch struck a lot of us i'm hearing from a lot of people i'm sure you are too where there's different things going on different 
you know, stories right. that, that, that mm-hmm. shake us up a bit. Uh, but that's why I love to tell people to focus on the saints. For example, I mentioned some of the quotes from Solanus Casey, and we've got the special you have coming up on the Tilma and also on St. Ignatius. But I think, too, to go to reliable sources, and I was telling you during the break that, again, um, the Register, Catholic News Agency, Raymond's Program, right. uh, you know, EW10 News Nightly, they've been saving graces for me in order to be able to filter through these stories that are coming up. Right, absolutely. Uh, you know, there's a lot out there on the web from different perspectives, and we'd like to believe that we can be the touchstone through our outlets that at least give people, uh, we believe, uh, certainly in our intention, a much more balanced perspective on what it is, even if uh, sometimes our balance uh, doesn't make you happy because you'd rather have it all vitriol. Uh, but that's not what a news organization, as you know, uh, Teresa, is supposed to do. I mean, mm-hmm. there are groups out there who, quote-unquote, say their news. In a lot of ways, they're really agenda-driven on both sides at times, and you just need to understand when you're dealing with them, not that what they're saying is untrue, but there may be perspectives and additives uh, that may be tilted a little more than maybe in reality uh, what's actually going on is going on. Like, you know, reading exaggerated headlines and then you read the story and say, oh, okay, well, sort of, uh, but it certainly wasn't as bad as the way that headline was. So, yeah, we try to be that touchstone. Obviously, uh, you know, Ray had that great program on that he reran. You know, we had those mm-hmm. two panels. Uh, you know, having to do with uh, the Tridentine, the Latin Mass, and uh, and and that uh, with the, the Cardinals, and then mm-hmm. also with the the, the papal posse, quote unquote. Right. Um, and so uh, that was great. You know, obviously EWTN News Nightly it brings it to you regularly. CNA is the top news wire out there, and of course you've also got the Register if you're looking for some long form material. Right. And of course. Uh, also in-depth as well at the end of the week. Right, absolutely. And also, I know that you know this, but for our listeners, Catholic News Agency is getting quoted all the time and being used by secular sources in terms of covering the Catholic faith. So kudos to the great work of our EWTN news outlets within the EWTN organization. Doug, have a great weekend, and we'll catch up next week. And we'll be right back. Hello from from Students for Life, right right here in Dallas. Dallas. We're excited to introduce you to Birth Choice Dallas, a women's pregnancy center on Greenville Avenue. Birth Choice is hosting a tour in Continental Breakfast at 9.30 a.m. on Saturday, August 14th. Join us to see how they walk with each mother from unexpected pregnancy to parenting classes with her newborn. Call Birth Choice Dallas at 214-631-2402 to join the tour. Bring a friend. See you there. This is Lisa Maladnik from homeschoolconnections.com, an online Catholic curriculum provider and a sponsor of this station. Your student can meet with me and fellow students online for a live interactive class. Whether they take my authentic beauty class based on my award-winning book, True Radiance, or apologetics with John Martignoni, literature with Kevin O'Brien, or any of our other 400-plus courses, Catholic online learning is available now for your family at homeschoolconnections.com. 
Want to be a better father to your son? Why not skip the weekend superhero movie and be the saint your son needs? If you can endure the elements, shirk some material comforts, and pray a rosary around a campfire, the troops of St. George are recruiting. Troop 77 of Collin County, the magnanimous 77th, is looking for a few good dads and their sons. Troop 77 is kicking off the school year at 7 p.m. Monday, August 30th. Check them out at TSG77.org. That's TSG77.org. Loretta House in Denton is a pregnancy resource center that serves women dealing with unplanned pregnancies. They provide free pregnancy testing and free ultrasounds. Clients receive material goods like diapers, baby items, clothing, parenting classes, and more. Loretta House is an official apostolate of the Diocese of Fort Worth. All services are provided free of charge and remain completely confidential. Many babies are saved and many hearts changed. For more information, visit LorettaHouse.org or call 940-380-8191. Welcome back, Catholic Connection. 28 minutes past the hour. Thanks for tuning in to the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Co-produced this program, Catholic Connection, by Ave Maria and EWTN. AveMariaRadio.net and EWTN.com. And Doug just uh, reminded me during the break that one of our mutual friends here at EWTN Radio turned 70 this week. And I think that's maybe why his lovely wife, Adrienne, was trying to get a hold of me. But I was so crazy this week doing a gazillion things at once that I forgot to check all of my messages. And so happy belated birthday to Tom Price from EWTN Radio, 70 years young. I can't believe he's 70. He doesn't look, I mean, really does not look it seriously. Uh, but he is a great radio professional, has been with EWTN Radio for many years. Prior to that, in secular radio, and we've shared many stories from the front lines of uh, secular radio. So, Tom, thanks for all you do for the network, and happy birthday. Hope you had a great birthday. And God willing, many, many more. Of course, you hear him every day on Call to Communion with the wonderful Dr. Anders. So just to wish uh, Tom, if you call into the program today, Call to Communion, say hello to Tom Price and wish him happy birthday to Tom Price. All right. Fact Check Friday. For those of you who are new listeners, it's something I started during the election of 2020 because the media were just bonkers in terms of uh, bad reporting, biased reporting, and then some. And so I, I continue this to kind of help us, um, you know, with our own media literacy. It's very, very important as Catholics, as, as Doug was just saying during our last segment, that when we are taking in the media, we understand in context where those different media outlets are coming from. Okay. Uh, we make no bones, as Doug said, and as I said earlier, who we are. We were founded by Mother Angelica, a poor Claire a devout Catholic, obviously, who was very concerned about catechesis in our country and who had a call from the Lord to start a Catholic media network, as crazy as it sounded. And now, decades later, EW Chan is the largest religious media organization in the world. And we make no bones about it that we are Catholic and that we support and explain and edify the teachings of the Catholic Church. So we're very clear on that factor, okay? Unlike many in the secular media who claim that they are objective and that they are out there just being reporters, okay, just being journalists and just being government watchdogs, which is actually their responsibility if you look up various ethics from journalism organizations, such as the Society of Professional Journalists, Sigma Delta Chi. So now we have NPR coming along, National Public Radio, which, by the way, is funded by you and me, taxpayers, our tax dollars at work, or maybe not so much as is this case. 
And they are basically now allowing reporters, and this was always a no-no. I mean, this was always a no-no in the business. And so we have this group, I think I've mentioned it to you. I have uh, several uh, friends who still work in the secular media. They are good um, Christian brothers and sisters and are trying to hang on to their sanity and make a difference in the newsroom still, but it's a big struggle. Um, and they're trying to hang on because they're trying to, they feel that God still wants them where they're at, which everybody has to discern for themselves. I discerned out of the media, as did my friend and uh, fellow guest host, uh, Vanessa Denhagarmo, who also works with us at Ave Maria Radio. Uh, we both discerned out of the secular media. It's up to the individual. You have to discern where the Lord is calling you and how the Lord wants you to work, where, when, and why. That's a very personal Decision. So we have many friends who still work on the inside, but they're always sending us stories and memos and things that are happening in the newsrooms. And, and this particular story I received from one of my friends who works as a top investigative reporter as, at a big Midwestern paper. And he sent this to me and to Vanessa and to the other friends in what we call our therapy group. It's actually a, a group of friends that meet about once every, probably every three or four months, and we're starting to do it more because it's getting crazier and crazier and just kind of sit and chat and talk and like help them you know kind of like express what they're going through you know as people who are trying to again maintain their faith and their sanity in the secular newsroom so anyhow uh one of my friends in that group sent me the story earlier this week about NPR and this new ethics policy bowing to pressure and there's a big story by the way on newsbusters.org on their homepage by our friend Tim Graham and this was just posted yesterday National Public Radio bowing to pressure from leftist journalists inside their workforce and loosening restrictions on their quote-unquote objective reporters marching in protest for the freedom and dignity of human beings. You don't have to choose between activism and journalism. Hmm. Tim goes on to say, we can all guess this verbiage doesn't mean they all wanted to take part in the March for Life or an NRA event. As often happens, NPR is leading the rest of the press further to the left, and yes, with our tax dollars. NPR public editor Kelly McBride wrote an article explaining the relaxation of the taxpayer-supported network's so-called media ethics. NPR rolling out a substantial update to its ethics policy earlier this month, expressly stating that journalists may take part in activities that advocate for the freedom and dignity of human beings on both social media and in real life. The new policy eliminates the blanket prohibition from taking part in marches, rallies, and public events, as well as vague language that directed NPR journalists to avoid personally advocating for controversial or polarizing issues. Now this goes on. This is utterly ridiculous. Because where do you draw the line? So what they're saying here, they claim that they're going to be monitoring this closely and they're going to be ensuring that those who feel that they go out and feel that they need to take part in a particular event are not going to be turning around and covering that story. But how do you keep control of that situation when across the board there are so many issues that are intertwined and mingled? Now she's endorsing this change, calling it a solid step in the right direction. Wow, I totally disagree with that. The right side of history meets the right side of ethics. Spare me, and I don't mean bowling. 
These guidelines affirm that during this chaotic time in which we are living, being a journalist and standing up for human dignity are not mutually exclusive. Let's see what happens, brothers and sisters, and I guarantee this is going to be the case, knowing what I know, having spent so many years in newsrooms. Let's see what happens when one of their reporters, and let's say at NPR, given the statistics in terms of where the media stand politically on issues, and this goes all the way back to the famous Lichter-Rothman report in the 80s at a follow-up report that was done by the Los Angeles Times in terms of where media members stand on the issues. A vast majority of them are pro-abortion, are pro-so-called same-sex marriage, against prayer in schools, and on and on and on. And this has been documented extensively. So perhaps, though, there may still be a few conservatives, such as my friends, for example, in the media. But what happens if one of them says, okay, we've got a big march for life coming up. I'm going to go attend it. Let's see how they're treated at NPR. And I guarantee since NPR is doing this, this is going to be an excuse for other networks to take up this same cause and say we can blur the lines even further. This is wrong. This is just more reason not to trust a vast majority of people who are running these operations. It's very, very difficult to sit there and to cover something, to, or excuse me, to attend a rally in support of a movement or a cause, and then claim that you can be objective, especially with many of the issues that certainly they'll want to be involved in. It's going to cross over in other areas of their reporting. Bad, bad decision, making a bad situation in the media even worse. It's a Friday morning. We'll be right back. Catholic Medical Association speaking up against these enforcements that go against religious freedom and our conscience. Stay tuned. Council for Life will celebrate their 20th year anniversary with two featured speakers for its annual Celebrating Life Luncheon on November 17th at the Omni Dallas Hotel. World-renowned neurosurgeon Dr. Ben Carson and multi-award-winning Christian music songwriter and artist Matthew West will highlight the luncheon. For more information, including underwriting opportunities and tickets, visit councilforlife.org luncheon. Hello, Catholic Life Insurance is a family-focused company that offers life insurance and retirement benefit plans. We are proud to support the mission of Catholic Radio on KATH 910 AM. To learn more about Catholic Life Insurance, you can contact Larry Linson or David Walker in our Dallas office at 972-484-3000. Again, 972-484-3000. We look forward to hearing from you. Magnificat Grapevine Chapter is returning with their first prayer breakfast after COVID. Join them on Saturday, August 14th at 9 a.m. at St. Francis of Assisi Catholic Church in Grapevine. The keynote speaker is Father John Pacheco, who will share his testimony and journey as the Holy Spirit called him from a life of fighting crime to a service life of bringing Jesus Christ to his people. For more information, contact Mary at 214-868-5559. Did you know that the Knights of Columbus donated over $175 million to charity and volunteered over 75 million hours last year? They accomplished this with almost 2 million members. And with you joining the Knights of Columbus, we can give you an outlet to get involved. 
This is merely an opportunity, not an obligation, and your level of involvement will be completely up to you and your family. Join online today at www.knights.net. That's www.knights.net. 39 minutes past the hour. Welcome back, Catholic Connection. It's a Friday morning on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network, EWTN.com. Check us out. Very powerful statement from our friends at the Catholic Medical Association opposing vaccine mandates without conscience and religious exemptions. On the phone with us, Dr. Michael Parker back with us. He's the president of CMA. Doctor, thanks for your time. Appreciate your great work as always. Well, Teresa, thanks for having me back on. It's a pleasure to be with you again. Very, very frustrating times and very confusing. Uh, so many mixed messages. You know, at first we're, we're being told, oh, life is going to get back to normal, yada, yada, yada. But the thing that I think is truly frustrating, and this is what's so unfair, especially from a group of leaders that claim they're always all about choice. Choice, 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 choice. It's all we hear. That has been shoved in our faces and down our throats for decades by the left and many leaders of the left who claim to be quote-unquote Catholic and yet you have no choice when it comes to getting the vaccine or wearing a mask and now they're making in some cases vaccination as a rule versus voluntary so what is a concerned Catholic to do now I know you've put out a statement in regards to this so why don't we start there well, sure, Teresa. Thank you. And you know, one uh, one thing I'm very proud of with the Catholic Medical Association is we've been very consistent in the information that we've been putting out right. with regards to COVID-19 and the vaccines that are available here in the United States. And it is disappointing that uh, they are offending the civil liberties of individuals, uh, which is the primary goal of the common good, which is what they speak of with, I, I think, a duplicitous heart. Um, and we're, the messages are even coming from within our own church that is, that is a bit confusing. Um, I was speaking to another doctor who said, well, the Pope says you can take it, so I think everybody ought to be able to be mandatory to take it. Um, but what, uh, what most people don't understand is that while it, it, you may be morally licit to take some of the vaccines, it's not your moral obligation to right. take it. Right, there's and a difference, it, right. Yeah, there, there is a difference there. And that in any uh, situation, it should it must be voluntary, uh, and uh, there should never be anybody who's forced to put a medication into their body without full informed consent. And so these mandates are actually uh, somewhat of, of a form of coercion, especially if it's tied to a condition of employment. Uh, and so those are the the big concerns we have is that. Uh, you know, there's going to be Catholic physicians who work within health systems that are going to lose their job. And because the mandates are coming down from almost every healthcare system out there and within the federal government and the VA, that uh, they're not going to be able to practice the vocation that God has called them to be in. Yeah, that's very, very true. We even saw it here last weekend in uh, the Archdiocese of Detroit in Michigan where one of our health systems, not a Catholic system, but they're pushing for mandatory vaccination. They had several hundred employees, many of whom were not anti-vax, but they're anti-pressuring people to get the vaccination against their own you know, personal choice, uh, whether it be something they don't want to do for a health reason or maybe just for a moral reason. And so it's interesting because oftentimes what happens is when you have someone like a Nancy Pelosi who is in such a high, powerful position calling the minority speaker a moron, 
simply because he expresses his concerns about the mixed messaging and what's happening uh, in the House with these mandates and threatening to arrest people or actually saying, telling the Capitol Police that people will be arrested and then calling him a moron for speaking out against it. You see, okay, mass mandates in the House, but not in the Senate. So you're a physician. So can a disease distinguish between mm-hmm. a location? I mean, that's what it seems like. Uh, no, they can't. And uh, and it, it's not that it's, you know, that, that there's a, this magical barrier that prevents from getting somewhere, especially when humans act as the vector for the spread of the virus. Uh, and these the statements are, are, are a part of the larger problem of the mixed messaging that everybody's getting, which is actually leading to greater vaccine hesitancy mm-hmm. when it comes to individuals making a decision on what to do. We're talking with Dr. Michael Parker, who's the president of the Catholic Medical Association, recent statement regarding some of these efforts on the part of various leaders to pressure people to take the vaccine. Part of the statement reads, while we recognize the importance of this consideration medically and ethically, the church's teaching is clear that as a rule, vaccination must be voluntary and based on an individual's personal assessment and good conscience of the medical risk, benefits, and morality of a particular vaccine. This is imperative. As calls increase for universal vaccination as a condition of employment, a lack of accommodation, and the doctor just mentioned this, will result in an individual's inability to work in their chosen vocation, lead to further shortages of essential health care workers, while exacerbating existing hesitancy and distrust regarding the COVID-19 vaccines. And this what you're describing right here in this portion of the statement, Doctor, reflects a conversation I'm having with one of our listeners who is in the medical field but has um, some different physical uh, conditions that her doctors are saying the vaccine may not be right for her and she's still being pressured by her employer to take the vaccine that she has to have some sort of an exemption signed with, with all these different you know explanations as to why she can't take the vaccine. So where do you think all of this is going? Well, it's 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 difficult to say where it's going, but and and the the uh, I, I think where it's going is medical legal protection for the hospitals. Uh, should someone come in who is COVID free and leave with COVID and have a significant uh, uh, outcome from the COVID, such as uh, another hospitalization, uh, you know, a stay in the intensive care unit, or even death. Um, and so I think that is a lot of the fear, and a, and a rightful fear of many of these organizations is, the, is that they have no protection uh, from uh, legal action should somebody come in and get COVID from their hospital or one of their healthcare workers. Uh, and so it's it's up to the hospital to kind of set that uh, determination of, of getting everybody vaccinated and determining what the uh, exemptions are going to be. And what we call for in in this statement is that these these exemptions should not, they should be clear and consistent, but not also place an undue burden on those requesting the exemption. And and I think there has to be quite a bit of leeway, especially in people who have medical, medical mm-hmm. conditions are actually mm-hmm. one of the easier exemptions, I think, to get. Um, but they, they have to be understanding of those types of things. And then we also have to understand that those people who are requesting an exemption or uh, do not want to receive the vaccine are going to have to do everything they can to protect their coworkers and the patients to prevent the transmission of the infectious agent. 
But I don't think people have a problem with that. I think people have been very reasonable. I haven't seen people who may not want to get the vaccine being reckless. I mean, and, and I think also there, there's been a great deal of confusion regarding, for example, this Delta variant. When it first uh, occurred on the scene a while ago, I think it was back in, what, um, April or May, we first started really hearing about it. I remember when I was over in, in Italy in June, they were talking about it uh, quite a bit in the northern part of the country. But they were saying that even though it's more contagious, it's not nearly as serious physically as uh, the coronavirus, the original uh, COVID-19. Now, all of a sudden, it's like run for your lives. Everybody shut their doors. And, and certain countries, such as Australia, are going into major lockdowns. I mean, to me, that doesn't make any sense. No, it, it doesn't make any sense. And in and, and the other data that's coming out, that's, the concern is that even people who are vaccinated uh, may be able to get the Delta variant, but they'll have a less severe form of infection and less likely to be hospitalized. And so when you raise the alarm about the Delta variant and telling us that we need to get vaccinated, but if vaccinations are not going to cover us against the Delta variant, again, it leads to confusion as to what's going on. I think, again, the big concern, and I see this where I work, is is uh, an increase in the uh uh, resources of the hospitals to care for many patients who may be coming back in with COVID. And I think we're trying to avoid another run on the hospitals, so to speak, with regards to uh, illnesses associated with the Delta variant. But like you said, it is more contagion, but it doesn't appear to be as uh, deadly as the alpha strain of the COVID uh, the vaccine, uh, the original COVID. And also, I think people need to understand, and I'm sure you appreciate this, being uh, in an organization uh, that's on the front lines of these issues, that, that, that the media live on fear. This is how they make their money, and sometimes people forget that, and, and they don't break down, they don't look at things in context. For example, I mean, I'm not an expert, I'm not a medical professional, I am a media professional, is they'll often take a story where they'll say, oh, it's up, the, 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 rates, have, the rates of infection have doubled. And so if you look at a particular area, you have 12 people had it, now 24 people have had it. Yeah, it's, it's doubled, but look at the actual numbers within the population, and they don't give you the context, and so people get very fearful because they don't have all the information. That, that's very correct, and sometimes the correct information is difficult to find uh, because, uh, as we know, some of the information within the media is being suppressed or, or actually withdrawn. Uh, and then this also leads to what you originally started off with, with people making statements that don't seem to be consistent with what we know from just a common sense uh, perspective on how to handle the spread of a virus uh, and its transmission across boundaries. Um, and so this, again, it just leads to that confusion. But I think the, the need to control by fear is, is what uh, this is all about, um, and that they, they uh, as long as they have that leverage, they can continue to uh, uh, call for other measures that will advance an agenda um, and, in a way, taking advantage of the people's fear to get that through, uh, never letting a good crisis go to waste. Yeah, exactly. Talking with Dr. Michael Parker, the president of the Catholic Medical Association, issued a statement regarding concerns about uh, pressure for people to take vaccines against their own 
personal conscience, religious freedom, uh, and in the case possibly where they feel medically it's it's not for them. Uh, what would you advise Catholics who are being pressured, uh, doctor, to do? A woman was asking me, the same woman I was conversing with, I said, look, this is not my area of expertise, but I, I recommended your website. I re- recommend the National Catholic Bioethics Center for more information. Mm-hmm. What else can Catholics being pressured do right now in, in terms of really trying to find out how they can get an exemption if this is what they want? Well, I think they, they want to have to get all the information available to them about what's necessary to get an exemption. And it may be that they they uh, need to speak with their pastor or their, the, the ordinary of their diocese mm-hmm. uh, to get support for their exemption call. They need to know what the hospital is asking of them when they want an exemption and what an exemption is going to do to them with regards to their ability to practice in the medical profession. Uh, and determine whether the risk benefits of, of receiving the vaccination versus the uh, outcome of, of re- trying to receive an exemption and, and, and the consequences of not receiving an exemption would be. I think they just have to get all that information together, pray about it, and make a decision of what they feel is best for their personal situation, just as I had to do with my decision to receive the vaccine. Um, and and in in a way, it's a very very difficult situation because for many of them, it's the threat of losing a lifestyle that they've spent many years building uh, and enjoy doing, and really feel it as part of their calling to serve God's children, uh, and that weighs very heavily on their heart. And I and I think we have to ask for the intercession of of uh, you know Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, and in, in this matter for guidance and, and how to proceed. It's also very frightening when you have people who claim to be quote-unquote devout Catholics uh, pushing this when they also claim uh, on the other side of their mouth that they're all about choice and individual freedom and, and what's happening with our individual freedoms, especially our religious freedoms, it is frightening. And I think um, in some ways, though, Doctor, I do believe um, you know this is another Romans 8.28 situation, all things work together for good, because it's waking people up to what our government now is trying to do with our freedoms. I, I couldn't agree with you more, and I think there's going to be more that comes out of this for the uh, the, the side of good uh, than there is going to be for the side of bad. I think that the calls for exemptions are going to cause people to uh, really consider, you know, uh, what's going on and to act appropriately outside of their workplace and at the at the polls and and even within their uh, their communities. Absolutely, and I'm sure that groups like Alliance Defending Freedom, Thomas More Center, Thomas More Law Center are going to be very, very busy over this, because <laughs> I don't see too many people sitting down and taking this lightly, and they shouldn't. Doctor, thank you so much for your great work at the Catholic Medical Association, and for the latest statement. You can find this at cathmed.org. Again, Catholic Medical Association, cathmed.org. Our guest has been the president, Dr. Michael Parker. We'll be right back on a Friday morning. Let you know what's coming up on a Monday. Stay tuned. Thank you, Doctor. Appreciate it. Good stuff. Thanks, Teresa. Anytime, just let me know. Okay, bye-bye. Take care, bye-bye. Okay, let's do another news link. In three, two, 
one. This is an EWTN Newslink. I'm Teresa Tamio from Catholic Connection. More than 200 Republican lawmakers asking the Supreme Court to overturn Roe v. Wade. Republican senators and House members filing a brief with the High Court supporting a Mississippi measure that bans most abortions after 15 weeks. The High Court will consider that law next term. Crews in Oregon aren't getting any help from Mother Nature while battling the country's biggest wildfire. Despite some rain, the fire is holding steady at 414,000 acres and still only half contained. This is one of the 82 large fires burning in 13 states. And the families of almost 4 million American children at risk of not getting the monthly payment from the expanded child tax credit this year. That's according to a new report which says families may miss out because they haven't filed a recent tax return or updated key information with the Internal Revenue Service. For more news with a Catholic perspective, visit EWTNnews.com. I'm Teresa Tamio and called to communion with Dr. David Anders starts now. Stay hopeful. Keep your eyes on Christ, the author and finisher of our faith. Tune in Monday. Vanessa Denhagarmo behind the microphone. I will be traveling up to Mackinac in the Grand Hotel. We're having another grand getaway. Father Don Calloway is going to be joining us for this special event. And I'll be live from the Grand on Tuesday. And if I get a chance, I'll try to call in on Monday to talk with V and give you an update. V is going to be chatting with the head of the Cardinal Newman Society about this push regarding critical race theory around the country. It's even happening in some Catholic schools. She'll have an update and she'll have lots of information on that plus the news. And also Gail Buckley back with us. And Gail, of course, is with Catholic Scripture Study International and she gives us a beautiful start of the week every Monday with her Scripture Verse of the Week. Remember, thank God ahead of time and bless be God in all his designs. Father Solanus Casey, pray for us. Talk to you on a Monday. Ciao, ciao. Or Tuesday, actually. Ciao. You've been listening to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio. Catholic Connection is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Andrew Kruchek. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net. That's A-V-E Maria Radio.net. Thanks for listening and join us next time for another edition of Catholic Connection. Celebrating the culture of life, this is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul.
We all need a plan for our money. Financial Peace University is that plan. It teaches God's ways of handling money. Through video teachings, class discussions, and interactive small group activities, the class presents biblical, practical steps to get from where you are to where you dream you could be. Prince of Peace Catholic Community in Plano is hosting an online Zoom course on Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University starting September 19th. For more information and to register, visit popplano.org slash FPU. Do you want a faith-filled Catholic community where your child will thrive? Discover Immaculate Conception Catholic School in Denton, where your child will receive the very best spiritual foundation, along with excellence in education. ICCS serves 250 students ages 3 through 8th grade. Whether it's living the rosary, the celebration of the Mass, or the formation of saints, scholars, musicians, and athletes, Our Lady School is the place to be. For more information, call 940-381-1155 to arrange a tour or visit catholicschooldenton.org. Blessed be God, blessed be His holy name, blessed be Jesus Christ, true God and true man, blessed be the name of Jesus, blessed be His most sacred heart, blessed be His most precious blood. Blessed be Jesus in the most holy sacrament of the altar. Blessed be the Holy Spirit of Paraclete. Blessed be the Great Mother of God, Mary Most Holy. Blessed be her holy and immaculate conception. Blessed be her glorious assumption. Blessed be the name of Mary, Virgin and Mother. Blessed be Saint Joseph, her most chaste spouse. Blessed be God in his angels and in his saints. Thanks for listening to KATH 910 AM, Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth, and North Texas. Catholic radio for your soul on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Heard also at grnonline.com and on your smartphone. 